Hey, welcome to the All 49ers show. I'm Grant Cohn. That's Jose Sanchez. Uh, a little later than usual because the Niners, it's Thursday for them. They have their late practice today. So I'll hey. be going down there. Yeah, that's nice. Um, we've got that going for us. So uh title of the show is How 49ers Quarterback Brock Purdy Will Play in the Playoffs. We'll project that um, because that's a big question. Uh, Earl Tolbert says, hey, Grant, I think you've fallen in love. Errol Tolbert, I think you've fallen in love with Brock, LOL. Nah, man, it's 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 all business. I like Brock; he's a good guy. "Quote unquote business." Um, uh, but yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to talk about the rain, the weather. It's always exciting to start with the weather. It's gonna dump rain during this game. It's gonna be. It's projected to really rain hard. How do you think that's gonna? Uh, yeah, it's like a ninety-eight percent chance of raining in Santa Clara on Saturday. Ninety-eight. Oh God! He has a thousand percent going to rain. You know it's about around here when it's a, when it's like when when the day is sandwiched between two rain days, Friday and Sunday. That that day is definitely going to get hit because you know it could be hit or miss. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to impact it because we haven't seen Purdy play in uh, any type of moist moisture uh, weather. Yeah, that's gonna that's definitely going to help. That's going to help Seattle more than it's going to help 49ers, and that's where it's going to have to probably come down to the good old running game of the 49ers. So thank God you got Elijah Mitchell back. Um, you got Jordan Mason is actually proven which I doubt we'll see him in this game. Maybe we'll get like a carry to you of that. But yeah, I think that's where it's going to be. You don't really want to put too much on this table. I can see I can see Kyle pr- probably going towards Purdy like later. Like maybe like he won't start to hit him until like the late first quarter, early second quarter when it's like, okay, we got some running game. The Seattle's probably stopping a little bit. Let's try to keep him a little off balance with some Purdy throws, see what he can do. But I think this is going to this is going to be like another like 20th pass attempt Purdy game or I guess 49ers quarterback game because we've seen this a lot with Jimmy. Um, I think that's also we're going to stem from because Seattle has the. I think they might have. This is going to be more closer towards their game with the rain. That's because it rains all the time in Seattle. They haven't had too much of that this year, but it's it's just more it's just more catered to them now because they can't they, the defend the pass. I don't think they're too great. Defend the run at least now the uh, with the rain. It's, it's, it's I think it's going to benefit them more. That's true. I mean, you have if. If they're worried about stopping the Niners' pass game, maybe this makes it easier to just focus on the run game and, and a little more one-dimensional. You know, yeah, they can just load the box and and dare the Niners to throw, and maybe Kyle won't want to throw uh, in the rain. It's a good point that the CX are a rain team; they're accustomed to this. They play in it. Um, I do think it it just it could increase variance. Like if this game comes down to the yeah. end, maybe this increases turnovers. Maybe there's more fumbles because because of this, and all of a sudden, like. The best team doesn't necessarily win. That's what I think. In a game where there's extreme rain, the best team doesn't necessarily win. Mm-hmm. It could be a weird game. So that's not necessarily what the Niners, Niners want. Niners-Bears. We're thinking, though, like, if to beat the Niners, you got to go deep, and maybe this makes it tougher, depending on how hard it's raining, to actually complete oh, yeah. a pass down the field. That being said, I remember last year, there was a really rainy game against the Colts. Carson Wentz just threw the ball deep, and, you know, they got a bunch of pass interference calls. And that wins. was a dome team. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I mean maybe you could still take shots against the Niners and just hope that Diamond Lenore, you know, freaks out because it doesn't look like he's gonna develop ball skills in the next week. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's he's probably not. He's always in a he's always in a good position. He's just he's like a deer in the headlights with the ball. It's like ball, ball, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's too much um I think another thing, Pete Carroll gets his team up ready for almost any type of game, any type of condition, too. I think that's the one thing he might have an edge over Shanahan, not in terms of like maybe like game planning, but in terms of like getting his team ready for whatever conditions out there, I think he's always like he's probably like one of the best coaches at that. Almost like a Mike Tomlin. Like it's like it doesn't matter if it's rain, snow, 
you know, lava, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna get my team up and ready. We're gonna figure it out. So I think they got that going for them. Not just because like they're they're an area known to play in the rain. Because again, they haven't they haven't had any many home if at all any home games where they've played the rain game. But still, that, that's pretty much their conditioning that they're used to with experience. I just wonder who Kyle trusts with the ball in the rain in a playoff game. Jordan Mason? I don't know. He's like, not talking. To, he's probably not gonna get the ball. Like one thing is nice is Elijah Mitchell. They'll trust him. He's never fumbled, even going back to college. So that, that might be their security blanket. Just give the ball to Elijah Mitchell over and over and over again. Niners fan 99 says, where is Ross Dwelly doghouse injured? He's clearly <laughs> in the doghouse. They don't play him anymore. He's a healthy scratch weekly, and I don't understand why. Is Tyler Croft good? He can block know. probably him better. I guess. All right. Uh, this is Brock Purdy's had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Great story. Now he has to play in the playoffs. Different, whole different thing, different level of focus and attention to detail and the game plan is going to be specific to him. Now he's got to face a team that's faced him before. What are your expectations for Brock's first playoff game? I think he'll still have a smooth outing. It won't be nowhere near. I think it's going to be looking almost around as what we saw in that short week, that short week game against Seattle where they clinched the division. Um, Cause that, that, that's the game you could probably say was his worst, his worst game so far that he's played in this, in the six games. Because I mean, I look, I know he was hurt, so he might look better. But I, th- I just want to factor in, like you know, another team who's it's another team who's seeing him again. He's a team who's very familiar with the 49ers. and then you throw in the rain element. How is he going to fare? So that's a question mark there. Um, how hard is it going to rain? Because it might be like one of those off and on rains. Because you know how it is around here. Um, and, and if ultimately is he really going to like crumble, or how much is he going to crack under pr- playoff pressure? Because there's a difference. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to crack under pr- playoff pressure because I think his last six games have pretty much been close to that and at that point he i don't think there's anything that's questioned about in terms of his mentality i think he's have been tested for the most part on almost every level whether it's the pass rush whether it's a game that needed to be won whether it's like he's had a couple he's had a stretch of bad throws and he just comes back and rebounds so i don't i'm not worth too much much worried about his mentality from a playoff pressure standpoint it's just in terms of just seeing a team that knows his team that knows him again and it's rain how's he gonna fare those are all going to be questions and see how much that could probably like cap where he's going to really perform. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious to see what the turnovers are going to be with, with Brock in this game, because again, I, I feel like that's the only way the Niners lose is if they turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I mean, he hasn't been loose with the football. Actually, his turnovers have been explainable, but this is a playoff game, and we've seen quarterbacks who've been really doing well just fall apart and give the, the game away. Is he going to try to do too much? Is he not ready for the moment? I mean, remember Brian Hoyer, his five-pick game like 10 years yeah. ago? That was that was crazy. Um, who else? I mean, I, I guess that's it. Like, Pete Carroll, good coach. I've seen him before. Does he have a tendency on Brock? Is Brock going to try to do too much? Is he going to throw the pick that ruins the season? And you'd be like, well, what would you expect? He was a rookie. You know? I don't think they can do too much, um, too much damaging things on Brock. Just, I just think because it's going to be like, an, again, like another thing that they've seen in the rain element. Because ultimately, Seattle doesn't have like great talent on defense. They they have like just a few players who are like worth noticing, and then other than that, they just have like a collective of units of guys who are like not bad players. But I, I think I would hope that all you know, we we pound the chest. There's people that pound the chest and the table about the Niners have great talent is all around them. How many mouths are going to feed? I mean, you even ask Kyle like, hey, isn't it hard to kind of get all these yeah. players like the ball? And it's like, all right. If it is this hard and you have all this, all this uh, players, then it shouldn't be too troubling. 
to damage the the Seahawks defense. They might have your number for a stretch and for time throughout the game, but I don't want to hear nothing of that. And again, the rain probably will make it closer and better for Seattle, but I don't think it should it should be that much of an issue. It, and it really does stem about is Purdy going to fumble? Is he going to throw that pick game? Because I mean, we, we haven't seen that from him yet. I, I feel like we're still waiting for him to see it, but maybe he just doesn't have it in him. But I understand this is probably the game where we do see it from him against a team that knows him in the rain and playoff and may, maybe something different. It's a different element. I just don't feel like he's faced a team that's really game-planned for him yet. I feel like every team that's faced the Niners down the stretch has really gone with their game plan for what Jimmy, you know, what it would be if Jimmy Garoppolo were on the field. Mm-hmm. And they're different quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy keeps taking advantage of teams selling out to stop the run by just, you know, rolling out of the pocket to his left, buying time, throwing down the field. I mean, all these explosives are wide open because teams aren't expecting him. Now, I, I mean, maybe maybe there, there never will be – a good game plan against Brock Purdy this season. Maybe he'll have to wait till next season. But Pete, if anyone can do it, it's Pete seeing him twice for the second time in a month. So I guess I want that's a, this is a huge test for Brock. Another one, another Cap, one. Cap didn't have much. Uh, much. I think the next year when when Cap stormed onto the scene, his his first year starting and getting the nod the rest of the way, like no one could stop him. And then the next year, you saw like more like okay, he's getting capped a lot more now than he is like last season. Is he starting to get fig- figured out? Is this formation getting figured out? You know who could stop him, though? Always? Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Remember 2012, they went to New England, beat uh, the Patriots, came back, got stomped game. the next week by Pete Carroll? That was that was Kaepernick. Keith Murphy says, I know Kyle was a big fan of Breeze. Do you think he uh, has? Do you think he thinks he has found it in Brock? I don't know about that. I don't know. They that. thought he, they were getting Nick Mullins when they drafted Brock Purdy. I don't know how much <laughs> they've reoriented their thinking, you know? Kyle Dude, might just be in his... I went back to watch some of his Chiefs game, Brock Purdy, and I was like, God, who would have thought that this would have been the same guy? I know, I know it's I know. a very, very small sample size, but so is this. And he's he's beating it. He's beating it way past and beyond what we thought could he be. To be fair, was he playing with uh, other backups in that game? Was that yeah, like yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, he didn't look great. The Chiefs weren't either. The Chiefs were pulling out their studs or anything. True. They've been pulled he, out of that that's game. That's true. That's true. Ezio Sanchez says NFL is being greedy, putting two number seven seeds. Dolphins and Seahawks are not playoff teams. If yeah. any of these teams pull the upset, it's bad biz for the NFL. That's true. Seven seed, the Niners are not going to lose to a seven seed. These I was so against good. adding a seven seed playoff team because, number one, I hate it. It felt like the number two seed got really screwed in favor of a number seven seed of desperately getting in. And it's like, who? who okay. Why? Who? Oh, yeah. Agree with that. Agree with that. Jeffrey, thank you very much. Uh, all right, let's do it. Should the Niners be worried about Geno Smith? This is a bonus topic. Like, I've written him off because the two times he played the Niners, he didn't look good or confident. But it's the Niners, and he did apparently have a great season. And everyone I talk to that covers the Seahawks are like, man, he had a, he's going down the field. He's really good. And I can't I keep going back to two weeks ago when the Niners made Jared Stidham look great. And Geno's better than Jared Stidham. So should the Niners be worried that Geno Smith has now, you know, in his third time facing him, watching how other – Quarterbacks have had success that he will finally figure it out and play to his full potential against the Niners. Yeah, that's going to be the huge test. And I think he should, and I think he will. And if they don't, then, wow, they deserve to lose. Um, yeah. Gino, I mean, I've been on the Gino train since, like, week five. It's like, it's like wow, this guy's actually pretty solid. And then it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, I, I know he had, like a, he had, like, a bad month. I think he kind of had, like, a bad December. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, terrible. Ultimately, he was still doing him. He was moving around a little bit. He was, like, chucking it deep. He wasn't afraid. And that's the best thing, you know. He's not turning the ball too much over. And it's it's crazy to see such a such a comeback year from him. And I know he's in the running for comeback player of the year. I, I think he should over McCaffrey, to be honest. Because it's like, dude, this guy literally – I know he didn't come back from injury, but 
comeback years don't have to be just for injuries. He, this guy literally came back from the dead, and all of a sudden now he's en route to be a starting caliber quarterback either for Seattle or someone else with a nice sum of cash in his pocket next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's got everything that the Niners hate to see. I mean, the Niners are bad at defending screen games, but that's not really in Seattle's repertoire too much. Um, it's just ultimately just like getting gashed downfield. And Gino has the arm and the accuracy and the gall to actually do it. You know, I've been saying it for weeks now. It's like the Niners don't have to face against an elite quarterback at all. We've seen them plenty of times play against average to low to low end quarterbacks. It's just are they are you going to take the shot? Is your offensive corner yeah. going to dial it up? And Gino has that and the tools to, to, to do it. Yeah, and what he needs to learn is that you need to take the shot like on the first drive of the game. Because if you look at the Niners' defense, frequently they've given up touchdowns in the first drive of the game and then shut down the offenses the rest of the way. It's almost like they're not really awake yet. You have to punch them in the mouth for them to wake up. So, they, the Niners, Gino, you might want to be aggressive early if you want to have any – because I've seen him against the Niners both times. He looked intimidated, uh, overwhelmed, and never really made a move. At That being said – at the end of the second game, he started scrambling and started moving the ball, and maybe he kind of figured out something that works for him against his defense, or maybe it was just garbage time. I don't know. They got the benefit of some penalties that, that they game, and that, especially in that last scoring drive. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the fact that he was still doing it and everything like that, it's just it shows he's capable of it. And there's been plenty of instances. And, again, when you have the weapons of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, it's, it's, it's going to stretch this defense. It's going to make them a little bit more – Scared of who they're going to guard against. Um, I just wonder it's if not, D'Amico Ryan. It's not is quite play. the. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's not quite the level of the Raiders' uh, weapons, but no, they're no, really no. good. They're Those really two are really though. good. Yeah. That's a top three, top at least top five. I'd say maybe top three. Uh, wide receiver tandem in the league. That's mm-hmm. pretty. They're pretty damn good. No offense. Lockett, decent. He caught a touchdown against the Niners. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Tyler he's Lockett's a ten really plus yard god. That's pretty yeah. much why I, that guy's just always downfield. He's so quick. He's so clean with his routes downfield. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Traverse so Ward on DK Metcalf again? I, 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 yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Have to or be right. You can't let you can't let Diamond Lenore take that matchup. Why would you let that happen? Mm-mm. You can't let that happen, especially when you already have evidence. It's like, dude, he's he put the clamps on him. He put the, he put the clamps on them. He put this guy in jail. Traverse Ward did. did he on did. DK. So be, make him be an eraser. And that's that's another thing that what D'Amico say like a week or two ago about like not sh- having his players or Traverse Ward specifically shadow more. And it's like. I get that, and it's just pretty much based on coverage. It won't be predictable, but it's like, yeah, D'Amico, I mean, it's pretty much predict- predictable pre-snap who's guarding, who D'Amico Lenore is guarding, and your quarterback can instantly just be like, I'm going to target him. Just just make him be the racer and then use your other guys to adapt around the other guys. I feel like just part of the problem, though, with Seattle is that um, their offensive coordinator is not good. Shane Waldron. He's like one of these Sean McVay disciples, and, and the Niners own those coaches. D'Amico owns those offenses. Like the best chance you have against D'Amico is coming from a different tree, the Belichick tree, the Andy Reid tree, something else that he doesn't see every freaking day, every freaking week. And the Seahawks don't have that. So that's why they average like 4.6 yards per play the first time and 4.5 yards per play the second time. Like D'Amico eats this dude's uh, offense for breakfast. I'm sorry. Especially the running game, the running defense yeah, against all against all three AFC, I mean AFC, right. NFC West teams. They've done nothing. Yes. Zilch. Nothing. And, and the Seahawks have the best. If Seattle team. can't run the ball, like they're in trouble, man. They're in trouble. All right, they're not really a drop back passing team. Keith Murphy says Pete Carroll will never be fired by Seattle. One, saved the owner two hundred million by not signing Wilson. Two, made the playoffs without him. Three, got third pick in the draft. Four, won a Super Bowl. Five, is a great coach, Hall of Famer. I would I would imagine. Arguably. He's gonna have to retire. That's the only way he's gonna be out of there. 
Yeah, it's his team. Jeffrey says, would you think Brock has a better understanding feeling on the defense now? It's true. It works both ways. He's seen it. Now he's seen it twice. Good point. Joshua Wyatt says, watch for the flags. Seattle is going to take a lot of shots. And if Metcalf is getting PI calls, it will bail them out and open up Seattle's run game. I don't think the NFL is trying to, you know, want Seattle to win this game. I don't think they're going to call a bunch of – No, the Niners are good for the, the league. Elite Archer 23 says, what's the argument against accepting what's right in front of us with Brock instead of waiting for him to fail? Um, I don't think we're waiting for him to fail. I think we're saying that uh, the playoffs are a whole different hurdle for him. And just because he played well in the regular season doesn't mean that he's going to do the same in the playoffs. And if you don't believe me, there's this quarterback who used to play for the 49ers, war number 10, really handsome guy. Check Check him out. He kind of struggled in the playoffs. Eddie Marcos, 916, says this is the perfect year to win it all. Brock is opening up a new playbook from Kyle the league hasn't seen. Kyle needs to take advantage while he can. Yeah, this is a great year. Because next year, have you seen their schedule for next year, the opponents? I didn't Brutal. see it yet, but I NFC think East. It, it's, it's going to be pretty. <laughs> NFC East. All right. Pete Carroll said something interesting yesterday in a, com- in a press conference with Seattle. They asked him about the Niners' defense, and in praising it, he said, um, they don't try to fool you. Which I thought was an interesting thing to say. I have the entire quote right here. Uh, they don't fool you. They just line up and they're running their scheme. They've got some things that they do. They pressure rarely but effectively. It's just the fact that they're so consistent in what they do. You have to beat them. You have to block them. You have to make them miss you because they're going to be in the right spots and they're going to execute really well. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if he said uh, he said more. Hold on. Where's the part about the exotics? Hold on. He said, they're not as exotic as other teams, but they have their ways. They're really, they're going to rely on their rush to be the factor and uh, is kind of how they do it. So to me, it's what they're saying is like, yeah, they have a great defense, but D'Amico Ryans isn't doing anything that special over there. I mean, they just line up and play. That's what he said. Now you could argue, why would you try to fool people if you have such a good defense? Like, keep it simple if that works, right? That's true. I, I don't know. I think maybe... Because there is evidence that D'Amico does, you know, mask around his his defense. I just think that Pete's already seen his scheme and everything so much. That's a, that's the familiarity aspect. I think that's why there's always going to be that off chance that, you know, again, the conditions. You've seen this team again for the third time. I think this is why, you know, there's always that record. is like, hey, when you face a team three times in a season, it doesn't usually work out for the, for the team who's been winning the most. You know, I allowed the Rams last year. But the Seahawks are a less talented team this year. So, But Pete Carroll – I think what he just sees is just – I think he's trying to, like, make his team more calm and, like, hey, don't be fret that is you know, it's an elite defense. We can do this. I mean, the first game of the season, week two, you know, that's a watch. That wasn't us. The last game we saw against them, we lost by a score, even though it wasn't really that close. But what's also the part where he also said that, oh, unfortunately, we got to play the Niners. Like, he's trying to, like, like also lower the Niners' guard or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's just using his word like a magician right now. He is. I just think it's interesting. Like, he's a defensive coach, and, and I think – you know, Seattle does try to fool you. And what's interesting, I sit pretty close to Dante Whitner in the press box, and he played for Fangio, who they were all about, you know, not showing you what their coverage shell was going to be before the snap. Um, so I hear him all the time in the press box being like, man, the Niners really don't disguise their coverages. And he's kind of like well. bemused by it because they did, and the Niners don't, and they don't have to. They don't get burned very often. Uh, and now Pete talks about it too. I mean, I guess it's something like, if you don't have to be tricky, why be tricky if you're just going to kick the shit out of everyone? I get that. But uh, it's interesting to see someone call it out, and maybe that's why they've been giving up explosive plays down the field is when you can block this D-line, 
you know what you're getting down the field and you can attack it. And they you already know where the line though. Yeah, it's literally exactly. just a two read a two read uh yeah a two read offense it's like i'm gonna look at diamond lenore or i'm gonna look at talanoa Humfunga or anywhere yeah. center field they're not gonna worry yeah. about ward even though war's been picked on several times this year but it's like you know the odds of him a, a receiver getting wide open like that against ward and then I, I think that's only if you have a good quarterback that can attack ward Other yeah you that, try to you try to get Hufunga to, to bite on something underneath either a play mm-hmm. action fake or an underneath route or you just take a shot at diamador and, and throw a 50-50 ball and bank on him not making the play. That's the two best things you can do against the Niners. That's pretty much That's like it. the Raiders game plan, and it works so well. It's like, all right, we're just going to pick on two guys all day, and we have the talent to also, so damn, it worked. The other thing the Raiders did to, to stay ahead of the chains was run the hell out of the ball. They really ran the ball very well, and then also they did a good job of like dinking and dunking with pocket movement and stuff they didn't really do with Derek Carr. All of a sudden they were getting Jared Stidham rolling out of the pocket, throwing little dump out passes to tight ends. That worked. So that's something else. Get get the get your quarterback away from Nick Bosa. You know, get him out of the pocket. Those that's a, as much as possible against the 49ers. That's a good thing. They use, yeah, they they use an element of like the Chiefs game plan. Like it's like to me, it's like it's just it's like I know I know you and others are still harping on mobile quarterbacks, and it's like, yeah, I'll always forever be like mobile quarterbacks yeah. always hurt defenses. But to me, it's like number one, obviously the pass defense going deep. And then using their and what the Chiefs did, using their aggressiveness against them. Because I don't think that they want their D line like just, I think they just tell their D line just to like just go attack and just go relentless, and I think that's what makes them being a top sack team, and it works. And I guess at that point they just they just live with you know they just live with that weakness of like all right if they're, they're going to screen us and linebackers everyone else come up, which it doesn't work well if they don't get the tackles, which that's right. you know they didn't do that against the Chiefs, and you know they did it better against the Raiders, but the Raiders were still gashing them in that way. But There's I'm not a- worried about a screen game from Seattle. I don't think Seattle runs too many screens in, and when they do, they do it to like DJ Dallas, which when he comes in, it's pretty much easy to be like. Alert, alert. We are always going to come in because it's too predictable. They don't do that with Kenneth Walker. There's a reason that Russell Wilson was 17-4 and four in his career against the Niners. And I know the Seahawks can't stand Russell Wilson. Yeah, like, I'm, I, I get that their team culture is way better without him there. But Geno needs to look at what Russell Wilson would do against the Niners and try to do that stuff. Because he was too timid the last few games. And you, you need to be scrambling. You got to scramble and you got to get out of the pocket and throw down the field. And Russell Wilson would do that relentlessly and feel like, you know, if, if I just do this enough, I'll have a few big plays. The game will be close. I'll win. And it, it always, it almost always worked for him. And that's the best chance you have against the Niners. Keep it close, take shots and, you know, live with the results. Don't, don't, it's like, it's like, a, it's like in basketball. The, the, the Niners are better than you. So what you got to do is shoot 43s, okay? It may not work, but it might. If you're just going to like play a slow pace game and, and match them in the, you know, in the post and you, pff, get out of here. You got to shoot 43s and hope that you're hot that night. That's what the Seahawks have to do. 43s. <laughs> that, that probably is going to be the best chance. I think you're from going to defend, defend yeah. Gino and his two starts against the Niners. One was week two. It was early in the season. He was True. still getting his bearings. True. And they're coming off that that massive high over against you know you know revenge against Russell Wilson. And then the True. second one at home, prime time against a really good opponent with the division on the line. It's like it was Thursday, and it was Thursday, and it was Thursday. So which now, is why it's incredible that Brock Purdy yeah. played just as well as he did, considering his oblique was freaking bruised and everything. So you know, t- tip of the cap. Some that's some players are meant for it. Some players aren't. That's why I'm not too worried. And, about and, the, and the Niners' defense looks vulnerable right now. It's just shown a bunch of uh, things that. It's just gotten exposed the last three weeks in a bunch of different ways. The Seahawks can look at that and be like, Gino, can you do what Jared Stidham did? Can you do that? Oh, okay. So um, maybe the Niners should uh, bring 
go a little off tendency, you know, maybe disguise your coverages for a change. Maybe bring a little more pressure for a change. I'm just saying. Because honestly, if if if, if it's one of these games like uh, against the Raiders where you don't have pressure and uh, you don't sack Geno's, if they don't sack Geno Smith, they could lose. If you sack him, you win. If you don't sack him, you could lose. So don't just hang back and be like, well, if, if Nick Bosa gets there, then we win. If not, well, you know, it wasn't our game. Like, no, you can generate pressure if you have to. They're generating pressure good against him on Thursday night. And I also wonder, we're talking about Brock Purdy against playoff pressure. And after talking about that Thursday night game, it's like, Geno Smith's going to face some pressure too. He's never been in a moment like this. No. Is he going to crack? I probably point. bet more that he's going to crack than Brock Purdy, to be honest. That's at this a good point. point. It just, just feels because like there's no pressure on game. Seattle. It just feels like there's no pressure on Seattle. Not supposed to be there. Uh, if they lose, no one cares. If the Niners lose, if it's even a close game, people are going to be like, what? No, people are going to be like, oh, I was against a division opponent three times in a year. You know, rain, fine. That's that, that's really what's going to be the first thing. I might, I'm going to probably join that Seven too, seed? to be honest. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. Depends how, how it shakes out. Uh, Keith Murphy says, NFC East played AFC North and NFC South this year. It's why all four teams almost made the playoffs. I don't think the NFC East will be formidable. Possible. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Just we'll see. That's next year. Sean O'Leary says, just uh, joining, so apologies if repeating. I don't think you can take much from a Thursday road game where Purdy was playing through pain. Short week, injury, tough environment, etc. I think this game is over by the end of the third quarter. No, you definitely can take much from that. That means he, the guy had, the guy is moxie. The guy's so tough. That, I think I, that was the game that, that put the nail in the coffin for me that said, all right, Purdy's the truth. The guy, the mentality, that toughness, that's something the Niners have not seen in a long time. But again, like if the game, if it's raining hard and Pete Carroll is on his, is on his best, it's his third time facing this, this, this offense, this could be a low scoring game. I'm not sure that the game will be over by the end of the third quarter. Maybe it will be. Maybe we'll be. I, think the, I don't I know. I think the concern here, if I'm gonna piggyback off what you're saying, is I think what's gonna be what's gonna literally limit um what's gonna literally limit Brock Purdy is when if it's raining as hard as like we're thinking, like Colts game, if it's like that, that's gonna make the ball heavier. And that's gonna be harder to drive through on a wet field. Maybe it might be soggy. I know they do a good thing about that, but it's gonna be hard to drive it. He's gonna probably throw a more pickable ball because it's not like he has like that great velocity if he's going ten plus yards deep anyways. Like pierce it through the elements. No. Like if they certain quarterbacks can like throw a football through a car wash and it won't get wet. Yep. Uh, tr- Purdy's ball would be sopping wet coming out well, of that. Yeah. Wentz can do it because yeah. he had arm, like true arm. Yeah. True. Uh, Lance can do it, but he's on a knee scooter. Jerry Moore says, I read an article that uh, they were calling him big uh, star. star, star, star Brock in the locker room because the way he carries himself. They call him big star, 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 star Brock. That's amazing. That's a that doesn't really have a ring to it, though. I don't think that's from the captain jersey. From the, oh, you know, as as the got it. Jersey, they already gave it to him. That makes sense. The uh, AP All Pro team will be coming out soon. This is the most prestigious uh, award for player. I mean, it's one quarterback. It's it's one running back. It's one. You know, it's it's the best player at each freaking position. Which Niners do you think will will be All Pros this year? AP All Pros. First team. Let's start off with that. Yeah, first team. Um, I could see who do I have first team. I see. I see only one. No, just kidding. Two players will make the first team All Pro. No, no, just kidding. One. I think one's gonna make an All Pro. It's gonna be Nick Bosa, obviously the first team. No duh. After that, I don't see anyone else making a first team. You don't think Trent Williams will make it? I don't. You know what? I think it's because he's missed because of the couple of games he's missed, and I, you know what? I, I can't. I I just. 
I think there's probably there's probably going to be looked at as another offensive left tackle that might be in terms of not better than him, but better this season. I, I think he could get it. And he probably should get it, but I think ultimately, I think he might get because of the couple Andrew, games. And, Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas with the Giants could be him. It could be him. It's just like, Andrew like I Thomas. said, it's not like I have anyone else on my eye, but it's like, it's like, well, I just feel like because you know, there's been other, he's missed some games. And then Taylor I, Decker, I Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, there are guys. You're, you're right. You're right. There, there are guys. Could be him. What about um, what about uh, Fred Warner? Oh yeah, he'll get that. I'm I'm a fool. I always I, I think he's gonna be. He's definitely gonna be the first team. I, I'm not sure who else. Who else on linebacker actually is out there? To me, I, I would if I were picking the two linebackers that I think should be all pros this year. To me, I, it's Greenlaw. It's Greenlaw and Bobby Wagner. I thought Bobby Wagner was, I mean, on a bad team, that dude was really good. Uh, 139 tackles, green line, 127. Um, Fred Warner at 135. Fred Warner was really good, too. I you could, you could argue him. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I'd be cool. Fred Warner's got a bunch of awards already. Greenlaw's got nothing. It'd be so cool if the AP, like, figured it out and gave him his his props. You could argue both of them should be all pro. Yeah, but Wagner's Greenlaw didn't really too, start, start to turn it up until like October, mid October, and then from there you put his floor on the to the to the gas, put the gas pedal all the way down to the floor, and then the AP isn't known to be like, yeah, we don't credit you for half or three quarter seasons. We need like a full body of work. That's something he, I noticed about because I thought 15, 2019 Fred yeah. Warner was like playing like a all pro once, especially once Quan went out at the end yeah. of October, and then you know he didn't get even a glance because you know he doesn't have the whole season. So I yeah. think that's obviously I think there's nothing to talk about with Bosa. That's obvious. Fred Warner, I think, will be it, and it'd be debatable if it's first or second team. But I think ultimately he's going to be one of the two. Yeah, I think he will. I think he's pretty much got that. Um, Kittle, I don't think will be first team. I think it'll be Kelsey. But Kittle, this yeah. this push at the end of the year, these last four games are incredible. He'll probably be second team. He locked it in, I think, because you know Mark That's Andrews it. had a monstrous first half of the year, but then he fell off because he got injured, and Lamar, you know, got injured as well. Um, TJ Hawkins will be second team if one. he's not first. Trent, Trent, Trent Williams will be second team if he's not first. Just off reputation. Even yeah, yeah. No, he's he's going to be an all pro a thousand percent. There's there's no way he's not going to be an all pro. I mean, first yeah. team or second team, it doesn't. It doesn't you know, he's I don't think Uzcheck will make it. They don't have like a fullback spot. No, no, they don't have a fullback spot. I always personally like to call him that all pro Uzcheck just because it's like, dude, right. come on, they're, they're over here screwing him. The question is McCaffrey. What's going to happen with McCaffrey? Wait, Debo's not an all pro. <laughs> Last year he was. Last year he was, not this year. Ayuk won't be this year. They don't throw the ball to him enough for him to be. Although, if he got the same amount of targets that Justin Jefferson got, he would be. That's that's the main difference between them, at least this year, is the targets. But, McCaffrey. I don't know. What do you think? He wasn't even Pro Bowl. He, yeah, because, but, I mean, he was in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, because his peers and voters and coaches or whatever didn't view him that way. But he got, he won it from the fan vote. So, if AP got it, you're good. But, yeah. That's not the way it goes. It's it's all media members. It's our it's your boy Josh Dubow who's picking these guys. Um, it's true. It's it's well. Here's the thing. I want to. I look back the last four or five seasons on running backs who've made it. So you, like I said, like I was saying before the show, they have a flex spot. So McCaffrey could actually get one of those flex spots. And the reason why I don't think he's gonna, I'm not even looking at him as a running back is because Josh Jacobs rushing league title. And every year the the running back who runs for the most rushing yards always makes the All Pro, whether it's first team. Or second team. So Josh Jacobs is going to make one of those two. The second one, Saquon Barkley, because he did literally everything for that offense for the Giants. Um, without him, they most likely are not making it to the playoffs. And because, especially because they had no one else, like you can even name on that team, especially offense other than Daniel Jones, which I think we all know he's averages the days come. 
So I think it's going to be those two. I think it's going to be first team Josh Jacobs, second team Saquon running back, and then it's going to be a debate between first team, second team of McCaffrey as the flex because McCaffrey was a flex all pro in 2019. He might be that again in 2019 because I'm not sure who else could be good. I think the first team wide receivers are going to be Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, McCaffrey as a flex, and then the second team is probably going to be like Tyreek Hill and then whatever other wide receiver is going to be there. I think he's got to be second team, man. I mean, in terms of yards for, yards from scrimmage, like he's got 1880. Only two running back, only two players in the league who have more yards from scrimmage than McCaffrey this year are Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, McCaffrey, I, you could give it to Jacobs and Henry and say those are the two guys. Um, but McCaffrey's, I don't know, I guess you could give it to Jacobs and Henry. I guess those are the two best running backs in the league, right? But McCaffrey's like third. I mean, he, he's right there. I don't know. It's a tough one. Who would you rather? I guess I'd rather have Derrick Henry than Christian McCaffrey if I had to choose. Uh, McCaffrey just because I like the dual threat. I like the dual threat. And I think that's why he's going right. to be the flex. And you have Henry. I don't think Henry's going to be it. I think they're going to give it to Saquon, dude. I think they're going to give it to Saquon. Maybe. Saquon, maybe. maybe Saquon. Okay. Fair enough. Saquon it's had also what he did. It's also like what you did on your team and like everything given. Like McCaffrey, I think, because I can even see McCaffrey be a second team. They could be like, nah, man, you were with the team. Yeah. One of the best play callers with all this talent. Were they really focusing on, on you for like 100% of the time? Which that's you know, true. They were. But I think that's – I'm just looking at Derrick the – Derrick Henry gets much more – Derrick Henry gets much more, uh, and so does Saquon. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent he does. But, you know – That's it, a good point. That's yeah, a good as point. good of years he had, <laughs> years past, and the AP might be like, you know what? He's kind of let us down. I think I think it's kind of also hard to isolate what, he, what people have done this one season versus, like, trying to carry over biases of previous ones. I think that's where it might – the knock might be. I feel you. Matthew Sanders says we need vintage Kyle eight-minute 12 run play drives. Yeah. Or Maybe. or just or just scoring. I mean, like what they've been doing with Purdy is scoring quickly. That's always good. Touchdowns. I with with Jimmy, like the, with the offense would would the goal was to just like waste time. That was the Grant, they, they actually did. get chunk plays now. They get the, the, the now they score touchdowns. It's That's like, oh, we gotta go back and waste time. I'm with you, Matthew. I'm poor. Says Carol faced Jimmy Garoppolo offense and BP offense once each. It's true. That wasn't is true. the second? Wasn't the first one? But Carroll has faced Kyle a million times. That's Hero Winchester says we should spend money on DBs over anything this offseason. At least three quality DBs. We see how important this position is. Mosley has missed thoughts. I mean, they they spent on Traverius Ward. It was a great. It was worth every penny. So yeah, I think so. One thing that's cool about signing DBs is they're cheaper than defensive linemen, defensive tackles ends they're cheaper than offensive tackles quarterbacks i mean they're a very important position but they're a little bit cheaper than even wide receivers yeah they are yeah. they are nathan flores as it came out it was bosa williams juice and no that was the uh NFL first PA. inaugural nfl pa all pro that pretty much was like this the players voted each other yeah matthew sanders says pete came to chew bubblegum and kick ass and he still has so much bubblegum chokes aside looking forward to a non-exotic old-fashioned butt whooping that guy probably has like a million root canals from all the gummy shoes i know lucky louise says hey grant i think it's a week of upsets bucks win giants win but niners should handle business no i think the giants win i mean excuse me sorry no go ahead bucks win yeah i think a lot of people feel that way giants over oh yeah the freaking Vikings and BT Dub were not trading Lance, bro. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna trade Lance. I don't think they're gonna trade Lance. There's no value. Like, no one's gonna trade for him. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, is it gonna go? Is it gonna drop lower the longer he play? It doesn't play. But at the same time, yeah. you need a you need a you need a second quarterback. Keep and them it's both not like, Yeah, it's not like he's in a position to. 
to request a trade like Jordan Love would be like, no, you have to. Sorry. Sorry. Dude, half the teams, like I said last week, half the teams in the league pretty much have all lost their starting quarterback. And I think I even saw during one game, it's like, no, it was the Niner game or so, I don't know what game it was. But basically, like, there's been there's been like eight teams or something like that who's gone down to the third string quarterback. So, yeah, the, the, the ch- it's the changing of the guard. Backup quarterbacks actually mean something now. And the Niners were in on it first four years ago. Good job, Jimmy. That's right. James says, don't forget the last Seattle matchup. We did victory formation in the one yard line after a big Mason run. That is true. Not a one score game, to be fair. That is true. That is a very good point. It's a very, very good point, James. I agree. Eddie Marco says, uh, any update on the Jimmy? Qu- uh, we need him as a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has a knee scooter. Um, so I-, I don't see him being a backup anytime soon. Maybe in the Super Bowl? Maybe. Nathan Flores is, is off topic, but I listened to the third and Jawan uh, mic up. Uh, glad to have him on the team. Brings the energy in his clutch. Best hands, best one hands down. You know, the Niners used to throw slants to Debo Samuel, but now they throw them to Jawan and Ayuk. How does I how does Debo get his touches? I've been trying to think about this. How does he get his touch? If you're game planning for Debo, the end around, the sweep, the screen, Screens. maybe a maybe a curl. I, I guess he's like, like a, he's not gonna gotta worry about the, the slant because he's so good after the catch, but he, he drops the ball. I don't know. I don't I think know. It's I, also, don't I don't know. I think he just like doesn't know how to sell his slants as well. He just runs straight across, and it's like yeah. there's there's variants of like slant. It's like just run straight in sometimes they want, or they'll make you run like a yard or two up, hezzy, and then go just to like keep your defender guessing so you have that window. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah, I mean you never know. Kyle would force it to him. We've seen it before. He did it week one where it's like Kyle Debo hasn't played at all. And you're over here giving him all the touches. I mean he's done it yeah. before. I wouldn't shock me. Yeah, but now that Christian McCaffrey's here, there's no reason to force the ball. Yeah. I mean, Kittle's, Kittle's hot. McCaffrey's on fire. Ayuk's hot. No reason. Also, Ray Ray did Debo's job better than Debo did it when when Debo was out. <laughs> Kirabell says, kind of crazy to think how the last five playoffs the Niners have appeared. They've gone. They've at least gone to the NFC Conference uh, Championship. Last five. It's true. They don't really have like a one-and-done experience. When they get there, they go deep. They're serious. Anthony Adams says, for me, this game determines what Kyle is as a coach. If we win SF to the Super Bowl, Pete would be the first legit coach Kyle's beaten in the playoffs. Kyle did beat uh, the Seahawks when he was an OC, and it beat the brakes off of him. I think that's what sold him to the Niners. As a head coach. Yeah. he Anthony Adams says he eats mediocre coaches alive in the postseason, and getting past Carroll would essentially be Steve Young defeating SD, monkey off his back moment. Sure, I hear you. Matthew Sanders says, bro, whoever's selling knee scooters in the Bay Area bacon. <laughs> All right, last question. How far do the Niners have to go for this season to be a success? This is gonna, this is gonna be a, I, I, this is gonna be a huge. I think it's gonna be one where it's gonna be met with various different answers. But I think mine's they 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 gotta go as far as the Super Bowl or at least the NFC title game. But I think I'm gonna have to go say as far as the Super Bowl because look, and I get I get you would be like, all right, they got a thirsty quarterback, undrafted free agent, pretty yeah. borderline undrafted free agent. They're playing with found money. Everything from here is like when they shouldn't have been this far and it's like you know what no expectations change especially in the nfl like a, a two after two to three games opinions even week to week opinions can change hella quickly that's how yeah. that's how much these games mean this is why the nfl is king it, everything can change yeah. so the expectations are definitely yeah they're still they're super bowl in fact they're even better than they were going into this year because of prop purdy is so much better than garoppolo because we already seen the story with Garoppolo going to the playoffs where it's like, you know what? It's the same story every year. That's what at that point you would have been like, all right, found money. We're surprised Jimmy played as well as he did. 
And why are we shocked you played bad? They won a game or two in the playoffs. But now it's like you went Purdy. They have elevated. And, I, again, this is why I'm going to be like, if, if he does crack under under pressure in the playoffs, it's going to be like, damn, like, what a great season. But it kind of feels let down. It kind of feels like Purdy kind of sold them on a dream almost, which is like, you know, at this point, at least he has the excuse. It's like, well, he was a rookie. But I don't know. To me, ultimately, I think you have to go as far as the the Super Bowl. You have to go. You don't even have to win it. Just go as far as there. And I, I, I'll even love you with some of level with some of y'all and say the NFC title game, but anything less than that, I think it's gonna be like you know that's kind of a kind of a letdown. Yeah, if they lose in the first two rounds, I think Niner fans would be pissed, even with a rookie quarterback. But I do think the fact that it's Brock and not Jimmy changes things. Like when Jimmy was the quarterback, I felt this is they have to win the Super Bowl because there's no future with Jimmy. You keep running it back and hoping that the same formula will win. Well, you got to prove that it'll win because you've like wasted four years of a Super Bowl window on this hope. But he's gone. And now you have a future. He might. It's not just that he's good now. Like he's he's what three months younger, or oh, three months older than than Trey Lance. He's young. He might be the future of the team. And uh, now, like, there's a optimism and hope. So if he just looks good, and if he loses in the so let's say he loses in the NFC Championship game to Philly, and it's a close game, and he plays well, or even if he doesn't play well, I think Niner fans are thinking, all right, we'll be we'll be even better next year. Although. This is a it is a really golden opportunity considering how weak the NFC is. I mean, that's the one thing. It feels like seize your moment. It's your you don't know what's going to happen next year. Your team is pretty healthy. The NFC is pretty weak. Like I'm not saying like this is the only opportunity for Brock in his entire career, but it's a golden one, man. Don't against the best Niners team since 2019. Yes, it's better than yes. last year's. And last year NFC was a little tougher. Yeah, McCaskill's healthy made. now. Kittle isn't 30 yet. Like, this is great. Just do it now. And Kittle's surging. Kittle's actually relevant. Yeah. Ayuk's at his best. You have McCaffrey. You have an astonishing yeah. running game. You have a defense better than last year. This is why I see, like, I get you have a rookie quarterback in the future, but, like, look what you have now. Now. Look, look what's right yeah. now. Look what your window. We talk about Super Bowl windows all the time. I mean, <laughs> 2019, it looked like it was going to be closed so shortly, especially after 2020. But now it's like, wow, you, you've had multiple chances now since 2019 to actually make yeah. some noise. And if at they fail to like, make the quarterback, it could be better. And if they fail to reach the Super Bowl, it would feel like, man, you blew it. Like, you were better. You, you I think they somehow found a way to lose. If they lose to Kansas City or Buffalo in the Super Bowl, I don't no, know no that Niner fans will be pissed. Like, okay, you you had Brock Purdy. They had Josh Allen. Get it. Um, good first. Bengals. Yeah, whatever. Bengals. Like, I think it, was it would be more palatable. But really, um, if they don't make the Super Bowl, it would feel like a real big missed opportunity, even if they lose to Philly. They're so good. They're so good. They say it. They, I don't know. They got to seal the deal here. <laughs> I just think it's the road element, especially when it's going to be cold over there, how the Niners are going to fare with all that, all the cross-country travel. Um, you know, I mean, I don't even know how – I didn't look at the Eagles game. I don't know how decent Jalen Hurts looked. I didn't hear anything about his performance. I would assume he looked like a guy who was rusty, which makes sense. But I, I, I think I can see, like, if they lost, like, say they lost, like, the next round, the divisional round, I can see people be like, well, you know, or even this – whatever, the first two rounds, I can see people saying – well, he was a rookie. It was fine. All that. It's all good. You know, I can give him the excuse. And it's like, no, you don't really have that excuse, especially you, Kyle. You don't have that excuse with rookie quarterbacks because, you know, you had a guy who's been looking better. Um, I mean, shoot, no one can predict how Brock Purdy is going to show up. We can, like, kind of guesstimate and have a theory because of seeing what he's done. But I don't think there's any excuse of why, how, if he's going to crack or not or have a bad game. I mean, ultimately, we've we seen this team. This is your best team. SC's weak. Go get it. If they end up losing to Philly and Philly in the NFC Championship game, um, I think it would be bitter because you'd say 
that game should have been in Santa Clara. The Niners should have been 16-1 this year. They're that good. We understand losing to Kansas City, but Denver, Chicago, and Atlanta, those losses shouldn't have happened, and maybe they wouldn't have happened if Brock Purdy had been playing earlier. So at a certain point, the Niners kind of like, I mean, it's their own fault that they have to go to Philly if they do. And mm-hmm. if they lose in that game because it's cold and whatever, like, it's not. It's hard to blame Brock. That, that would be his first loss ever. Maybe they wouldn't be in Philly if he had played earlier. So that'll be interesting. I, it'll be interesting to see how how the season plays out, obviously. Dumb. It's kind of funny out there. The four losses have just been all like egregious losses, like very, very egregious losses. Like the Chiefs, like, all right, that's Super Bowl caliber team. They beat you down. They kind of woke you up. And then you lost by 14 to Atlanta. No excuse. Oh, you had injuries? No, so did they. No excuse. It's freaking Atlanta. No excuse. They had injuries too. Yeah. Lost by 14. And it's like, okay, it doesn't matter, but it doesn't have any bearing on how the Niners are playing now, but it does have bearing on the freaking seeding. Kajan25 says if Ryan's become head coach, a head coach, we get two thirds. Will Lynn get head coach looks? We could get three, uh, we get third round picks for him. There's no way Anthony Lynn's going to be a head coach this year. Not at all. I don't think he's going to be a head coach ever again. Someone's going to get picked off the Niners' offensive staff because it's kicking butt right now, the offense. But, yeah, I don't – It depends who becomes a head – like, D'Amico Ryan. But D'Amico Ryan doesn't have too many ties with offense. It would have to be someone who's a coordinator. Maybe – maybe hey, maybe Anthony Lynn. Maybe they're, th- maybe they're positioning him that. I don't know. Diamond DDG says, according to CBS NFL, since Purdy has started in week 14, he's number one in pass rating, tied first in TDs, first in TDs per attempt, first in yards per attempt, and tied first in wins. That's correct. He's been sweet. He's been sweet. Now let's That's see. Why I wouldn't bet against him. I'm not betting yeah, against him. Yeah, let's uh, see if he does in the playoffs. But yeah, that's great. Absolutely, really good, good stuff. That's the show. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for being here, Jose. It's been a lot of a lot of fun. I enjoy. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this one. This was good. No, I'm serious. My room is so dark from all this like rain. Which is like, give it up, round of applause. My power is here. My power is hey! not out. After like five times in like five days. Yeah, I got to drive to and fro, uh, to and from Santa Clara. Hopefully that's not a monsoon. More of a liability, O-line or secondary? Secondary. After watching last week, I don't mind if you're scared because it was like, what the hell is the offensive line doing? Good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... The secondary has Shavarius Ward and Jimmy Ward, two really good players. And Gibson, three really good players. Offensive line has Trent Williams. How many times has the offensive line been like the reason like they lost games, though? True. 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 Uh, Super Bowl, NFC Championship last year? This this is this year, buddy. Good point. Good point. It's a good question. I don't know the answer to it. I don't know. I'm saying no line. I don't know! The show's over. I'm not answering your question. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> for your money. <laughs>